Mission with Jonesy and Amanda. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. You know, with when you have your vaccination, I've had one. I'm yet to have my second one. My husband had his second one yesterday. Do you, does this information go immediately to my health record, or or do we have to actively put it in? How does it work? Yeah, so what happens is that it's being automatically uploaded into your My Health record via the Australian Immunisation Register. It takes about 12, 24 hours just for the data to get in there. Uh, but as long as in, in your settings that you've allowed that to occur, it's automatically happening. Um, so, yeah, once you have that first one, you'll have that information sitting in your My Health record, which will tell you when you're due for your second one. And then once you get your second one, you'll have that information in there. What about this Associate Professor Margie uh, Danchin? who said that it's time we should offer the Pfizer vaccine for the 50 to 59-year-old age group. So the, the, the Pfizer vaccine, as I understand it, is uh, better suited to the younger demographic, whereas the AstraZeneca is better suited to the older demographic. But my question is, where is the cutoff point? Is, the, is 50, like could it be 45 to 55? Such mixed messages, it seems, aren't they? It just seems so many messages about it. So, look, I think it's really difficult because you can't just pick a date and time when people were born and decide that the science would say that on one side of that date you're less risky and on the other side you're not. So it's based on a whole series of data and then deciding where is the, where is the safest point to decide that everybody under this age you know, has a slightly higher risk. So we would argue that the, risk of, the benefit of them having Pfizer is better than, than the risk, the very small risk that's still associated with these very, uh, very rare uh, clots versus those above that age. I think ultimately what's occurred is there's there's been um, a shift in people's you know confidence when it comes to a certain type of of the vaccine, and and part of that is also us understanding that um, it's about the supply. So it's not it, it's not necessarily we just we have to make sure that we have enough vaccine for everyone in whatever age group. And ultimately, within the next six months. The news is saying that we're going to get more Pfizer. We're going to start getting a new vaccine, Moderna, which is also going to start rolling in, which we'll have next year as well to do with boosters. So I think what you have to do is keep an eye on the moving goalpost, so to speak, mm. of exactly where that cutoff is. Talk to your doctor. Some people over 50 are eligible um, to get that Pfizer under 50. And I think it really is just having that conversation, asking the questions and getting the most up-to-date information. And, and I feel very confident about the AstraZeneca because I did speak to my doctor about it and he outlined all of the, uh, the, the, the pros and cons with AstraZeneca versus the Pfizer. And the Pfizer has its own side effects that come along with it. That's not as well publicised as what has been with the AstraZeneca. We seem to be so obsessed with the uh, implications that have been coming through with the AstraZeneca. And that lady that passed away, she, uh, I understand there was there was also, there might have been uh, like implications uh, uh, health implications as well with her. Yeah, you know, the three of us, we work in the media. Once the media gets a... They're a dog with a bone. And they got the AstraZeneca across the world very early on. And unfortunately, the fine print just hasn't come through. And when I say the fine print, which is the real specifics about exactly what the actual risk is versus what the perceived risk is. And if you constantly get keep getting told something, mm. you will start to have an overinflated idea of what that risk is. And it's really difficult now for us to communicate the truth and the reality. And the reality is that everything in healthcare has risks. Those risks are always weighed up. Um, and unfortunately, that the risk still remains very low. AstraZeneca is safe. AstraZeneca is effective. AstraZeneca has been given to tens of millions of people across the globe without any significant adverse side effects. Yeah. And it- the reality is those people are now protected against COVID 
which has killed millions of people. So I think that we it's really important for us to continue to encourage people to get the vaccine um, and that AstraZeneca is safe. Mm. Isn't it funny? This time last year, everyone was saying, I can't wait for a vaccine. Yeah. When are we going to have a vaccine? And here we are, and people are still hesitant. It's um, you know, Let's remember how desperately we wanted this this time last year. Exactly. And it's also, we, we have to remember what happens when a certain number of us get vaccinated. That, what happens at that point when those numbers and when our My Health record is filled with all of us being immunised, Australia changes. Mm. Travel changes, lockdowns change, restrictions change. It changes because then you're, as a government, a decision maker, you have a population that is vaccinated. And then mm. we can start going back to all those things, you know, visiting relatives in nursing homes without fear, or in newborn children, all of those things just go back to being normal. So th- there is... There is a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow if, if we as a country continue to be proactive with vaccination. For more information, you can visit digitalhealth.gov.au. Andrew, it's always great to talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew. Rochford. Jonesy and Amanda's... Damn, listen.